So he'll explain a little bit, um, Pastor Scott will, why he's not with us in person today. Um, and uh, if you're watching online, Pastor, I just want to say I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I mean, to make sure that he was ready to bring you the word today. I mean, he could have, he could have said like, hey, Tom, you're going to preach today and you have a day to do it. And I'm like, okay, but I gave like seven sermons last weekend because I just kept talking. So, and he's like, all right, brother. So anyways, Pastor Scott um, did, he was his own cameraman. He was his own sound engineer. He was his own like pastor. He was the full kit and caboodle. And uh, I, I've heard the sermon now. It's so powerful. I'm so glad he's giving it today. And uh, you're just going to be watching uh, via uh, the screen. So uh, check out your screens and say hi to Pastor Scott. Good morning, Lake Point Church. This is Pastor Scott here. And uh, you're probably wondering what's going on. Why am I not there in person and, and, uh, and instead on the big screen? And um, this, this past week, uh, for many, many of you might know, but for some that don't, this past week, um, COVID hit our household. And um, unfortunately, and uh, Karen, um, my wife, and she's, uh, she's um, you know, tested positive earlier in the week and um so we're just uh trying to navigate this this covid here with quarantine i've got her down in the basement uh, keeping our kids our two kids safe and myself safe and uh and, you know trying to do mom duty which is incredible um so, so to pray for her karen karen as of thursday this is the thursday recording as of thursday her symptoms are very mild and uh and so we're thankful for that um you know, and so, and uh, the other thing is I haven't burned the house down yet. So I think we're good. But so many of you have been praying for us and thank you so much for reaching out. Some of you have, um, you know, offered, some of you have brought some meals over and, you know, um, and you offered. And so thank you so much for your kindness. Um, I'm blessed. I really am. We are blessed to call you our church, and I get the pastor, the greatest church in the world. And so, yeah, thank you so much, and continue to pray that we get through this, and hopefully soon we can get back into, you know, a normal normal rhythm uh, of life. And so, um, if you're visiting for the first time today, uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for um, being a part of our service. Uh, sorry that I can't be here in person, but... Um, as you came in, you should have received a program. Inside that program is a connection card. And listen, we just want to get to know you and get to know who you are. So if you get a minute, fill that out. And then at the end, as you leave uh, today, there will be offering baskets throughout the building. And the only thing that we ask of you is to bring the, um, is to put that in the offering basket. We don't want anything else from you. Uh, in fact, we want some. We just want something for you, and uh, we, we want you to be blessed today, and, uh, and we also have a free gift that we'd like to give you and your family. So after the service, uh, you, can, um, either you can drop that card in one of our baskets, or you can go by the, the blue wall in the back in our lobby, and one of our pastors, one of our staff members will be there, and they have a free bag, a free gift to give you, and you can give your card to that person as well. So whatever is easiest for you, but I hope you stop by and grab that gift. And then, um, listen, I, I hope, uh, I hope if this is your first time, 
hope you'll come back and I get to meet you in person. All right. So I hope you can do that. And, um, but anyway, um, if you're watching, whether it's the nine o'clock or 1030 or you're watching online, um, you know, welcome and thank you for being a part of our service this morning. Um, I ha had a very specific message that I wanted to deliver today. And it's part of the reason why we're doing this by video. And I felt like, you know, time was of essence that I wanted to give this because I want to set the tone for the fall. You know, I, I want to kind of cast some vision and get us motivated and excited about what God wants to do in our church and through you um, in our church as well. And so um, I, I want to bring this message today and I hope that this will be a challenge. I hope that this will be a blessing to you as well. Um, I have a list of favorite things. You know, I'm sure you have a list of, of favorite things as well. Uh, one of my favorite things, number one, I love, I love good, good barbecue. You know, I love good barbecue. In, in fact, if you call me and say, hey, Patrick Scott, you want to go to lunch? And I take you to a barbecue restaurant. Um, you're speaking my love language. Okay, I, I will probably drop everything that I'm doing and say, yes, I will make it work. <laughs> so I love, that's how much I love barbecue. I, I love, believe it or not, I also love football. Football, yeah. I, um, I don't watch it as much as I used to, but um, I know football is right around the corner, and uh, I'm a hopeless Detroit Lions fan. You know, one of these years, right? One of these years, we're going to get it. But, um, yeah, that, that's me. Marshall, I love college football. And uh, if you know me, I love Michigan. Go blue. And I know, yeah, I get some booze from my friends that, you know, they root for the green and white. But, you know what, listen, I think we could still be friends. And uh, even if we're not on the same team with that. However, if you're a Ohio State fan, yeah, wow, we've got to we've got to work on that relationship, okay? But um, yeah, I love football. I also love the mountains. Yeah, I love the mountains. In fact, just a few weeks ago, our family went out west and and saw part of the Rockies, uh, the mountains out there in uh, Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons, just fourteen thousand feet uh, mountain peaks, and uh, there's just something about the mountain that I just it's just gravitate. I mean, I love it. I love going to the Smokies down in Tennessee. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just something about being around mountains. Now, my wife is the opposite, all right? She, she loves, she'd rather be at the beach. And that's okay. You know, I gave her a beach vacation earlier this year, and, uh, and I got my mountain vacation later. So we got, it, we got the best of both worlds. But I, I, listen, by show of hands, how many of you say, man, I'm a beach person? Yeah, that's you. All right, raise your hand. There you go. You're a beach person. Um, but raise your hand if you are a mountain person. You love, you prefer mountains over beach. You know, raise your hand. That's me. I got my hands up. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I love the mountains. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question. It might be a strange question. It might be a little weird for some of you. But how often do we say, I love my church. I love my church. And for some of you, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You know, you, you, you've always seen church as a place that you go on a, on a Sunday morning. Or you may have always seen church as a place to be involved. Or you may have always seen church as a place where there are many good activities, many good programs, 
for you and, and your family can participate in. But you may have never considered a love relationship with the church. And for some of you, that's like saying, you know, that's like asking, do you love your gas station? Uh, do you love your grocery store? I mean, think about it. You know, you drive up to the gas station, you know, you get out of the car, you, you put the hose in the car, you fill it up. While you're filling it up, you, you clean the windshield. After you fill up, you go and you pay, you pay what you owe. And, 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 then, and then you get back in the car and, and you drive off. You're satisfied that your car will run for the next week or so. But chances are, you, you've never said, man, I love my gas station. You've never left, a, I'm sure you've never left a gas station saying that. Or you're, you're at Walmart. <laughs> you're at Walmart and you got your list, you're going down the aisle and uh, you got your little cart, your little buggy, <laughs> and, uh, and you're pushing it down, you're loading it up, and then you, then you check out, and, um, and, and then you load up the car, and, and then you leave, and, and there's a good chance that you probably don't say, wow, I just love Walmart. I just love it, especially on a Saturday, right? None of us, none of us say that. None of us, we say that, and yet that's exactly, that's exactly the relationship that many might have with the church. Do I love my church? Do I love it? I mean, yeah, I like church, but do I love my church? And every week or so, you know, you come to church, you get filled up with some worship experiences and a good sermon. You, you, you do a self-examination while the message being preached. You, you, you kind of feel better about yourself. You, you, then, then you walk out and, and you either uh, you give to the offering basket. You say, okay, this is what I owe. You know, this is my, this is my tip for the day or, you know. And, 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 then, and, then, and, and then you're satisfied for the next week or so that, you know, you feel good about yourself until, you know, for the next few weeks. And, 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 and but regarding the love for a church, yeah, there's none. That, there's not, that's not really in your vocabulary. And so this morning, I'm not asking you whether or not you're involved in the activities of a church, or if you show up fairly consistent, or if you, you know, give generously and you give regularly. What I'm asking is something much, much, much deeper than that. Do you love your church. Do you love the church? And here's my prayer for you today, that you will begin to change your heart. You will change your heart to have a love for the church. Now, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and in these verses, we see a clear expression of the love that Jesus had for the church. We see it clear here more than anywhere else in the scripture. And, and, and Paul, he, he, you know, you're familiar with this passage because it says Paul, the apostle Paul, when he writes this, he's talking about a relationship between a husband and, and, a, and a wife. But in communicating how a husband ought to love his wife, Paul describes the love that Jesus has for his church. And the love that Christ had for the church set the standard for the man to love his wife. So I want you to pick up, follow along with me, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. We got the verses on your handout note, got the verses on the screen. 
and uh, maybe you can open up the Bible app and you version you version app and if you click on, if you open that you on the bottom of that app there's some options and if you click on live event somewhere on that app put live events and you'll find the local churches that are using this tool and we're one of them and you can click on that late point church and you'll see the sermon notes you'll see the, the verses that we're using today and so why don't you follow along with me ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 husbands love your wives just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless now i want to zero in on verse 25 christ loved the church now let me ask you this if something is precious if something is precious to the heart of Jesus, don't you think they should be precious to you as well? I mean, if it matters to Jesus, it, it should matter to us. And as followers of Christ, we are called to love the things that Jesus loved. In fact, there ought to be nothing that he loves that you don't love. There ought to be nothing that he hates that you don't hate. There, there ought to be nothing that he desires that you don't desire. And this passage of scripture, we see this several times in the scripture, that the church is described as the bride of Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I want you to, let me ask you something. If, if you're a guy and you're married, and I wonder, you've been married for a married for a few weeks and we've got a couple couples in our church that just been married in the last few weeks so congratulations or whether you've been married 50 60 years let's just say i show up at your wedding on your wedding day i show up and i find you you're the, you're the groom you're nervous you're about to say i do you know you're about to say i do in front of god and country and um and, and so you're, you're just uh, real nervous right and i come up to you and say hey man how's it going and so I'm, I'm, I'm good. And, I, and then I say, I say something like, listen, I really like you. You know, I really, really like you. I think you're a cool guy. I think you're awesome. But, man, I can't stand your bride. I can't stand your future wife. And if I were to say that to you on your wedding day or any time, <laughs> you know, you would be incredibly insulted. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly how we insult Jesus when we say, hey, Jesus, listen, I'm all about you. I love you, Jesus. I'm so thankful that you're my savior. But Jesus, wow, man, I can't stand your bride, the church. I can't stand your bride, the church. And, and here in verse 25, we have the clear statement that tells us that Jesus, he loves the church. My question is this, do you love the church? Now I'm gonna give us two big reasons why I love my church, and I hope that these reasons will, become, will resonate with you as well. Two reasons why I love my church. Number one, I don't love my church because of our size. 
I love my church because of our Savior. Because of our Savior. You know, it, it doesn't matter how big we are or how small we are. At the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. It's about who we worship. You see, Christ's love for the church is a love that sacrifice. Again, verse 25, Christ loved the church, and, and he said he gave himself up for her. It means that Jesus sacrificed himself for the church. It means that Jesus came down from heaven to, to live a perfect life in the place of our sinful lives. He died for us. He died in our place. He, it, it cost Jesus greatly. The Bible said that he purchased the church. He bought the church with his blood on a rugged cross. And why? Why did he do that? Why did Jesus go through all the suffering? It's simple. It's because he loves the church. He loves you. He loves me. It's not because the church was lovely in his sight. It's not because the church was well deserving of his sacrifice. Jesus did it out of his great love for us. Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. And this is how he demonstrated it. That Christ, while we were still sinners, while we were still blowing it, while we were still matching up, Christ died for sinners. Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to fix our problems. He didn't wait for us to put all the broken pieces together. While we were sinners, while we were sinning, Jesus came and he died for us. You know, uh, the past, this past year, we had um, one of our church members um, that was on The Voice, NBC The Voice. And, and if you've been with us for a while, you, you, you would know that. And uh, Rachel Mack, right? And, and, and she leads our worship here. And um, she's 16 years old. And, um, and, and so she was on The Voice and, and audition this past year and went on the show and, and, and got a chair to turn for her. And, and, and she was on Team Jonas, you know, um, you know, so one of the Jonas brothers. And uh, so he was, uh, he was, um, she went all the way to the final. I uh, we was really excited. She went all the way to the final show. And I uh, didn't, you know, she ended up winning uh, fourth place. Became the top female winner of, of this past season. I was so proud of her. But Rachel is not the first person that I know that was on a singing competition, you know, on TV. Uh, I had a friend named Chris Sly. Chris Sly, um, in 2007, was on a show called American Idol. American Idol. And, uh, and, and, and it was a popular, more popular back then than it is now. It's still kind of, I think it's still trying to make it happen. But, you know, it was really popular back then. But here's the deal. When it came to that show, American Idol, I just didn't care for it. I watched a couple of episodes, and, and to be honest with you, um, you know, I, I didn't care for the program. You know, I didn't care for how they, how they 
process, and I didn't care about the process. I didn't care about the program. I didn't care about the process. I thought there were some uh, singers that were more worthy of moving forward than others. And, and uh, you know, I didn't care for the program. It just, you know, I just, it, it just wasn't me. And I just didn't get it. I just didn't care for it. But in 2007, when my friend Chris Sly, when I hear that he's on the show, all of a sudden, I got, I, I, all of a sudden, I got past the program that I didn't like and the process that I didn't like. All of a sudden, it became about a person. It became about a person. And, and I got excited about the show, not because of the program and process, but because of the person named Chris Sly that was on the show. And, uh, and I was really excited. We were college friends, and, and it, was, it, was, it was fun to watch him on that show, and he went pretty far. And, 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 and that's the same, you know, with church. It's so easy for us to get our eyes on the program. It's so easy for us to get our eyes on the process. You see, listen, the program and the process, we're not a perfect church. There's no perfect churches. And we don't always get it right. And if we, get, if we focus on the program, we focus on the process, you know, we can become disgruntled. We can become frustrated. And oftentimes, when we are focused on the program and the process of the church, we've lost sight of the person. You see, my friends, focus on the person. Focus on the person. We can get past the process. We can get past the program. Yeah, maybe you've been burned. Maybe you were burned at a church before. My friend, I invite you. Don't look at the church because we're, Lake Point is an imperfect church led by an imperfect pastor with imperfect people worshiping a perfect Savior. So I love my church because of Jesus, because of the one that we're worshiping, our Savior. Here's the second reason why I love my church. I love my church because it gives me the opportunity to sacrifice for others. To sacrifice for others. If you're taking notes, the root of sacrifice is being others-centered. That's the root of sacrifice. It's focusing on others not on ourselves. You see, we live in a selfish world. You know, I know a lot of followers of Christ, you know, followers of Jesus, you know, who are spiritual contributors to the church. They're spiritual contributors. They, they, they think about others when they come to church, but many followers of Christ, unfortunately, are spiritual consumers. What's in it for me? You know, what church, what's in it for me, church? Spiritual consumers rather than being spiritual contributors. I'm going to challenge you. Be a spiritual contributor. Find ways to be others-centered. See, my friend, the church does not exist for you. Newsflash. The church does not exist for you. Rather, you, my friend, exist for the church. We exist for the church. And Jesus offered himself on the cross for others. He set the model of how to be others-centered, to be others-centered. When you think of your own heart toward the church, 
Can you think of sacrificial love that you are a part of? Are, are, you, are you a contributor? Are there things that you do among the church body that's a sacrifice for you? Or, or is your commitment to the church based on convenience? No, it's your commitment to the church. You know, are you involved in the church to the extent that it will only help you? Or is your involvement in the church it's based on a desire to help others? To help others. And here's what I would rather, you know, say to you. Listen, for those who are, man, God, I don't really sacrifice. I'm not a spiritual contributor. I'm a consumer. I'm going to give you an advice. It might be a rather strange advice. You might expect me to say, hey, man, stop getting busy and, and sacrifice. But that's not what I want to say. You know, here's what I'd rather say to you. You see this on your handout notes. Fall in love with the church. Because when you love the church, you'll begin to sacrifice and cherish the church like Jesus did. You see, at the end of the day, I'm not interested in seeing all of you sacrifice greatly for the church of Christ without a love for the church. You know, the Bible reminds us that God hates external, outward religious performance. He hates it. David in Psalm 51, he praying, he crying out to God. He said, God, you do not delight in sacrifice. Oh, I will bring it. If that's what you want, I'll bring it. You said, God, you don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. He said, my sacrifice, oh God, it was a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. God, you rather have my heart. God, you rather have me on the inside. And then he said in verse number 19, he said, then, David said, when, when I get the inside where it needs to be, then you would delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in the burnt offerings offered whole. You would, you would embrace that because it's real. It means something. You see, we see this in the New Testament. Jesus was constantly calling out the Pharisees because they were all about the outward appearance. They were all about the, you know, the religious service. But inside, they were, Jesus described the inside of the Pharisees' life of dead men tombs, you know, empty. And, uh, and, and God rather have a heart that loves him. Fall in love with the church. Fall in love with Jesus. And when you do that, the sacrifice that you offer, it means so much more. I, I want to challenge you this fall season to find a way to be others-centered, to focus on others. You know, in a couple of weeks here, our church has an amazing opportunity to make a great impact in our community. It's an opportunity for us to give back in a powerful way. You know, on 9-11-9-12, September 11, September 12, it's the 20-year anniversary of that, of the 
terrorist attack in New York City where they blew planes into buildings and into Washington, D.C. and in a remote field in Pennsylvania. And I've invited my friend, Sujo John, to be our special guest speaker. He travels all over the world telling his story. He's a survivor. In fact, he was in the first trade, World Trade Building, World Trade Center Building, when the first plane crashed just a few floors above him. And he was able to escape in the middle of that chaos. But his story is a message of hope. And I promise you, I promise you, this is a service that you should invite your friends. Invite your neighbors, invite your workers, invite strangers. Get up, grab some invite cards. Make the most. Think about others. What an opportunity for us to reach the world on this weekend, to reach our community and to impact a person's life. Not for just this life, but for all of eternity. We well, have four services that go the extra mile on this. You know, Jesus talked about to the disciples, you know, when the disciples say to Jesus, they say, you know, what should we do when a Roman centurion asks us to go a mile? Because that was a law back then. You know, if a Roman centurion, you know, randomly asked you, a, a Jewish person, to, to carry his armor, to carry his stuff for one mile, you had to stop whatever you were doing, and, and you just had to walk. You had one mile. And most Jewish person, you know, they hated the Roman, but they would do it, and they would walk a mile. They would count to a step, and then... And then when they got to the final step, they would say, okay, we're done. And they would drop the stuff and go back to where they were. And, and, and Jesus challenged the disciples, listen, go the extra mile. If a Roman soldier asks you to go one mile, go two. And, and, and that's what we're going to do here at Lake Point. We're asking us, we're going to go the extra mile to make an impact for Jesus. You know, we have four services. We're going to have overflow services in the South Hall. Now, you're probably wondering, well, what about LP Kids? Well, yeah, we are having LP Kids in all four services. But we're, we're setting up the LP Kids elementary outside in a big tent, table, chairs. We're going to have inflatables. We're going to make it a, a fun day for the kids. And, and so we want to create extra seating in the South Hall so that we can have as many people as we can to safely gather here to hear the story. And, and here's, here's a couple of ways that you can be other-centered. Number one, if you're in a, one of our services and you're a regular attender, you're a church member, and you see that the service is getting full and you see more people trying to find seats, what if you say, you know what? I'd rather have a first-time guest have a seat in the auditorium and I'll go sit in the overflow. I'll sit in the back. And I'd rather, I'd rather visitors, I'd rather treat them like VIPs. I'd rather roll out the red carpet. And somebody challenge you, be, be aware. Come to, come to the main service, but if you're looking around and say, man, maybe they could use my seat. Why don't you graciously, I challenge you to graciously say, you know what, I'm going to go sit in the overflow and let somebody else have my seat. And uh, so that they can experience firsthand a worship service here at Lake Point Church. I, I would hate to put any of our visitors in the overflow. And so that's, a, that's one way to be other-centered. Uh, another way to be other-centered 
is, is for you to be involved. Like I said, we got four services. So we've got four LP kids. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe you say, you know what, I can help with one of those services in the LP kids. And whether it's in the elementary or in preschool or in the nursery, toddlers. Uh, maybe maybe you, you say, no, I can help serve in hospitality or be a greeter for one of the services. Sign me up. And on the back of your connection card, sign up. And say, hey, sign me up to be involved in this, you know, an extra service on, on 9-11, 9 uh, we, we're also, here's another way. We also need help setting up the, the tent for, the, for LP Kids Elementary, you know, and, uh, and setting up space up. And so we've got a time on Saturday morning, on that Saturday, on September 11th at 9 o'clock. We think maybe an hour and a half, maybe two at the most. But we need somebody that can come and help us on Saturday morning, get it all ready to go so that we can be ready for Saturday night and all day Sunday. And then, and then we need some help to tear it down after the third service, sometime that afternoon or, or whatever. But if she's like, hey, Scott, I can help set up on the back of your connection card. You say, what? I was signed up. I, I will be, I love to be involved. Another way to be other-centered, if you're able to, if you're physically able to, you know, we want to park, you know, off-site. We've got a couple of locations that we have, and, uh, and so we want to create as much space. If we've got overflow, we want to make sure that we have enough parking for everyone that come. And so if you're a regular attendant, say, you know what, I'll walk, you know, it's not far, an eighth of a mile, you know, you know, and walk to church if you're able to. If you, you know, you know, husband, you can drop off your family at the front door and spin around, and we can make sure that you find a place to park. And, um, and if it's full, if our, if our extra parking is full, then we're doing, we've done what we need to do. And, uh, and so, hey, this is an opportunity for us to be others-centered. This fall, man, why don't you get involved? Why don't you, beyond 9-11, 9-12, why don't you step up? Let, let's make an impact for the Lord Jesus and make it different. Listen, I love my church. I love my church because of our Savior. Not because of our size, but of our Savior. And I love my church because it's an opportunity for me to give of myself sacrificially. I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. Why? Because Jesus loved the church. He died for the church. He died for us. It matters to him. And I pray that we, together, will make a difference. We will together do immeasurably more together as a body of Christ. We want to serve him and make a difference in our community and in a person's life. And so, my friend, do you love the church? I pray that you do. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us today. God, I pray that you would help us to never forget the person. Help us to keep our eyes, not be focused on the program and the process, but to keep our eyes on you. God, help us to do a self-examination in our own personal lives, to focus on others to be others-centered. God, help us to be 
How about the sacrifice like you sacrificed for the church? You gave up your life for the church. God, I pray that we would follow after your example and find the ways to serve others. God, we pray for the Suzhou John weekend on September 11th and 12th. May we make the most of that weekend for your glory so that we can see lives change for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray you will help us Help us to love the church like you love the church. In Jesus' name, amen.